You know, if you haven't checked out What Chaos yet, you oughta, because we've had all your favorite players on the show. I'm talking Seth Jones, Lena Solmar, Connor Bedard, whoever it may be. We're live every day on YouTube at noon Eastern, but also available on all podcast platforms, including the one you're listening to right now. We got guests, and yeah, we're also doing a bit of chit-chat, goofing around, laughing at what makes us laugh in hockey. So regardless of how deep you are into your hockey fandom, Come listen to What Chaos. We'll talk about your favorite team. We'll talk about your least favorite team and everybody in between. And we're having a ton of fun doing it every single day, Monday through Thursday. It's What Chaos, presented by All City Network. Hey, everybody, this is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you guys about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. If you didn't know by now, Total Beverage is delivering beer, wine, and liquor to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge down to Erie. For a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off your $50 or more purchase on their website and on their app. Use the promo code BSN10 to save $10 off your $50 or more purchase for all of your parties and events and have it delivered straight to your door. Now let's jump into the show. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast, powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Crisscrossing with Jost. Right in, turned out by Jari. That was a one-on-two. And Jost. The best avalanche coverage in Denver. Welcome in BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. I am your host, Jesse Montano, joined by AJ Hayfley, the one and only, the man, the myth, the legend. AJ, we are, uh, we're doing this in between periods. We don't have time for pleasantries. Wow, was that a bad first 20 minutes for the Avs in St. Louis? Was it? Uh, maybe the worst, uh, maybe the worst I've seen a team come out, especially in this, uh, in this position. Uh, we talked about it on the last show. You asked, you know, you asked a question, are you concerned with how flat the Avs came out in the third? Well, I guess, or are you concerned that they couldn't finish out the game? I said, no, that still doesn't concern me. What does concern me is how can a team in this position playing against a team that's got their playoff spot locked up? How can you come out? And, and you know, sometimes you just get beat by a better team. How can you come out that flat and get that outplayed in this situation that you're in? That's that's what, yeah. I mean, that a lot more than the third period of the last game mm-hmm. um, or the third period against Vegas. Right. Um, this, I just don't, I don't know how, I don't know how it happens, man. Like, Mm -hmm. honest to God, I just don't know, you know, I've never played a sport at a a high enough level uh, competitively to, to be able to, to understand, like I can understand, Hey, you, 
you have a bad day, something doesn't something doesn't go your way early on, you know, you just get off to a sluggish start. Like, okay, like cool, but that bad? I mean, you get outshot fifteen to two. Like right. that's, I mean, that's embarrassing, man. Like, I'm I'm not one of those people who every time the Abs have a not great period and. You know who, who who's like, oh my god, that's an embarrassment, or they should be ashamed of themselves. Right, right. Like so, so absurd. Right, way but dramatic. Like, that 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 was embarrassing. Like that's. I, I don't even know if I'd use the term unembarrassing. It's unacceptable. I I will. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this would be unacceptable in the first game of the season. This would be unacceptable on the second night of a back to back. This would have been unacceptable if they played four days in a row. Mm -hmm. Well, and and you know, when we talked the other day, one of my reasoning when I said, you know, it it doesn't concern me because, you know, there's going to be teams that that have to be more desperate than you. And I was using the example of uh, as the Coyotes the other game saying, hey, you know what? That was a team that if they lost, they were pretty much going home. Right. So they played with that kind of desperation. When you look at what the Avs came out with tonight, this is a situation where, yeah, you, you've, you've held down that wild card spot. You beat the teams that you needed to last week, but this is a new week. In this game, you are the one who is more desperate. You are the one who is fighting for your life. Yeah, to come, absolutely. To come out with that kind of effort in a game where you're fighting for your life, which wasn't the case the other day against Arizona, is the point that I was trying to make on that last game. The Avs weren't fighting for their life. They had a tomorrow. In this game now with what Arizona did the other day, the Avs are now once again fighting for their life, and to come out that flat is just, uh, like I said, for me, forget embarrassing, forget all those, you know, it's unacceptable. You cannot have that. And I don't know if that falls onto Jared Bednar, if that falls onto leadership, if that falls on each guy individually. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, Nobody came ready. I don't understand how that – like if there's one thing that I don't get, it's like why the coach has to like motivate. Right. Yep. I get, yeah, I'm right there. You know, like these these guys have played all year for this. They've played 78 games this season and put themselves into a position where a win tonight – would would put them right on the brink of securing a playoff mm-hmm. spot. Like, like very nearly gets them to the finish line, right? Mm-hmm. Why do they need Jared Bednar to, to motivate them? Is that not motivating enough? Has the 78 games that they've already played in not enough to push you? Well, and, and not like, to mention... And not not to say that it's irrelevant, right? Like that, that the coach just doesn't matter. I'm sure he's got to be able to say a few things that make sense, Mm -hmm. but like that, how do you not, how do you not come out and just, even if you don't dominate the blues who are playing well, you know, they, they've got all their stuff there. Even if you don't come out and absolutely dominate, how do you not come out and put up some kind of a fight? And, and where I, you know, I I'm right there with you with the whole, is this, it's hard to pin it on the coach because these are pro athletes who, who right. have been through these types of games at various stages in their career. Obviously, the intensity ramps up with every level. But it's just it's crazy to me that you had 20, or 19 guys, depending if you want to count Philip Grubauer or not, uh, as I thought yeah. he had a couple big saves there that kept the game close. 
You had 19 guys that came out that looked completely unprepared. To me, that can't all fall on the coach. At some point, that falls on your players for preparedness. Now, here's the good news, AJ. We've gone through all this. What a horrible you know, period it was. All this and that, you're down one to nothing. Yeah, well, and that's that's it. Like it's like you look at it and it's you're like, hey, uh, you've been outshot fifteen to two. You just got absolutely caved in. You completely trashed, uh, threw away a period of hockey that you aren't going to get back, uh, in which you're trying to trying to make the postseason. You need all those mm-hmm. minutes, and now, but I mean, they're only down one nothing, right? Like, and and like you, it, we started to see it a little bit. You know, the the Calvert pass to Jost, like. You're right on the you're right on the verge there of, of tying the game in a game that you have no business even right being and in. and gives a tiny bit of credit to the Avs because the uh, the two shots that they did have were both pretty dangerous chances so tiny bit of credit there for them yeah I mean like the it's it's like giving somebody credit for waking up in That's the morning right. you know like okay can, like hey you have a pulse get it right you get credit for you get credit for not dying in your sleep and that's that's the that's the credit that the abs get in that first period not dying in their sleep there's they have a chance to wake up and correct this nightmare if they if i mean we'll we'll see right like i i'm not gonna say if they care to obviously they would like to have that happen but you know some nights you just don't have it but it should not be to this level right it it should at least stabilize, and certainly the second half of that disastrous first period, they did stabilize. Mm-hmm. But I mean, what a what a disappointing mess just to even just to even see that in this situation. Now, if it's just one period and they end up putting you know putting together a decent game, uh, and this this thing gets a lot more competitive, uh, then you got away with it. In you know in the in the last two periods, then you're then you could. In my mind, then in that one, you almost just throw it out the window. If it, if it, if you, if you put it in your, if they really truly do put it in the rearview mirror, and they play a good game from here on out. Then you're just kind of like, okay, like it was a fiasco and it happened, but mm-hmm. they moved on. You know, when I talked to McKinnon after uh, the after the Arizona game, and he said, you know, we we had a decision to make in overtime. You know, we could have we could have felt sorry for ourselves that we gave up the two nothing lead and that it was a bad break there at the end. Um, but we didn't. Instead, we got back to work, and we just we just kept trying to find a way. And in the end, you know it 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 worked out. But we found the way, you know. And so right now, they have a choice to make. They can either feel sorry for themselves. They can they can sit around and oh no. Mm-hmm. You know, when we just got crushed in the first period, like they can, they can feel, they can feel bad about themselves or they can say, Hey, it's done. It's only one, nothing. We're one puck away from tying this thing. We're two pucks away from getting the lead in this thing. Let's, let's get back to work. It's entirely up to them. Now, granted, there's obviously another NHL team on the ice. One that's playing for something of their own is they're trying to win the central division they're trying to do the anti-blues thing and have a huge run at the end of the year to win a division instead of choking <laughs> one away. So, you know, they're obviously de- desperate and playing for something. They're they're playing for something mm-hmm. meaningful too. So, you know, it's not just as easy as, well, you just got to decide that it's time to be a, a good team <laughs> yeah. again. Like it's not it's not quite right. the way it works. 
But at the same time, like they do have to saddle up, man. Do you do you want to make the postseason? Because the, you have to win games. Down the, you've got four games left. You only have four opportunities left to put points on the board. Uh, and and while you are in the lead, while you do have the the, the advantage, you throw this advantage away tonight uh, by losing in regulation. Then you give all the you you you, you know, put like, the fate you put your own fate in Arizona's hands. Right, like you, you open back up that door for Arizona. Just come on, you know, rolling on through. Now, granted, you still have the lead, but the having the lead and the game in hand, like, hey, you know, you get that extra, you get that extra, that extra uh, two points. They can't catch mm-hmm. you at that point, you know. But if you give them away, then you just leaving yourself vulnerable. So they couldn't. It, this couldn't have been more of a disappointing mm-hmm. first period. It was. It, I mean, it's the exact kind of thing where you're just like, it makes you wonder, like, Jesus, will this team ever get over the hump? Like, will they ever, will they ever work through these issues that they have been dealing with? You know, and it's, it's three different head coaches, it's different captains, it's regime changes, it's roster changes. What is it about the organization that just seems to run into the same wall over and over? You know, I'm, and, Hey, maybe they get through this. Maybe they punch right through, and it's boom. And and this isn't a conversation, but right now you can't help but ask the mm-hmm. question. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, man. I, I I've got nothing to add. I've got nothing to dispute. You're spot on. Uh, I'll tell you what, they're coming out with a power play. Let's go ahead and jump out of this segment. We we weren't even originally. We've kind of gone away from talking about individual periods on these segments, but we thought that that one was so bad. It it it. It had to get our attention. Uh, so let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we probably won't be talking about the Avs Blues game, but that was something we felt needed to be addressed here in these final handful of games on the playoff push. For AJ, oh, not for AJ. Oh, yeah, for AJ Hayfley, we're going to go ahead and take a break. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jesse Montano, AJ Hayfley, BSN Avalanche podcast. I, as I completely lose my train of thought. Presented by Total Beverage, and actually, guys, <clears throat> oh, it's going to make me go around all kinds of different corners here, but we have a new sponsor, and we have a new read, and that means new great offers for you guys and uh, scripts that I don't know, so I have to work my way to it, but here it is. Green Solution. Visit any of their 17 locations or browse their entire inventory at MyGreenSolution.com. Reserve products online and pick it up at your local Green Solution Express checkout. You'll be in and out in minutes. Use the promo code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. BSN Avalanche Podcast. We will be right back. Frosted Leaf is Denver's most innovative dispensary. What I like about Frosted Leaf would probably be their knowledgeable bud tenders, their online kiosk, their online ordering, and then just pick up at the store. And then they're always getting new genetics as well, so that's always cool. Like Edgar mentioned, Frosted Leaf gives you no lines, no weight, and a self-paced direct shopping experience that allows a fast yet comfortable transaction without the awkwardness of a waiting room. Not only does Frosted Leaf have the hottest strains, but they also offer a rewards program that will help towards your purchases. I would recommend Frosted Leaf to a friend, and I would tell them to look forward to 
different strains and to knowledgeable help. Check out Frosted Leaf's three Denver locations and download their app today. Three, two, one, go. <laughs> Segment number two here, BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Jesse Montano and AJ Hayfley here. AJ, much, much, much better period. They gave that uh, pushback exactly like we were hoping for. No goals on the board yet. Score stays one to nothing. St. Louis Avs have <clears throat> two posts, one in the first, one there in the second. But I don't necessarily want to talk about the second period quite yet. I want to talk about someone whose name we mentioned in the first segment, uh, who I feel like there's been a lot of talk about this year at various points of the year. Isn't it funny? It's all been dependent on how the Avs are doing. Jared Bednar. I'm sitting there mentally like, who is it? Trying to figure it out. Like, like <laughs> trying to Yeah, I was like, what player is he talking about? And then you were like, you got to the very yeah. end of that. And I was like, it's Bednar. It's Bednar. It's Bednar. <laughs> Jared Bednar. Uh, this is a guy brought in two years ago. Uh, two weeks before training camp opened. World Cup of Hockey is going on. Doesn't get his full group until after the preseason you know, has started. I've seen this thing recently going around where that doesn't matter anymore. Like the context of, of what Bednar walked into just gets thrown out the window. For that yeah. season or just, just in general? Just like a, for that season, um, I've, seen, I've seen this like growing sentiment. And of course, it's from the anti-Bednar crowd. But right. I've seen this growing sentiment that like, oh, well, he so what it was. He came in a few weeks before training camp. And it's like, <laughs> whoa, whoa, like. Coaches spend their entire summers pre- preparing for training. Right. Camp. Well, and they they talk to players and they implement certain conditioning standards and certain training regiments. And they they get to know one another. like he had to do all of that on the fly and he had nothing to do with he had he had no input on any kind of personnel he had no input on any kind of conditioning any kind of training he didn't he didn't actually get to meet any of his players until they showed up into town i was going to say he he met matt duchane for the first time at a practice with like one preseason game right, left right so so he comes in on that situation, coaches the Avs to a 48-point year, sees a huge bounce back last year, Jack Adams finalist. AJ, what's your pulse? Actually, let me back up here. With the Avs on the verge of a playoff race, what are your thoughts on the verge of a playoff berth, not a race? Playoff berth two years in a row. What are your thoughts on Jared Bednar? Um, he's an NHL coach. He's imperfect. Um, I don't think he's, uh, an elite coach. Certainly not today. Um, he's a little inflexible at times. I think the offensive system, um, is lacking. I think it's at times non-existent. Mm-hmm. Where I there are the things that I like about him. I should put this in pros and cons. The things that I like about him, I like that I like <laughs> that he's patient. I like that he's not emotionally driven. Uh, I like that he's not um a guy that 
you know, one of the, my favorite things that he said um, in his time coaching the abs was when asked about why he's not going to bag, why he doesn't bag skate the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said, that's about making me feel better. And my job as the coach is to put these players in a position to be, to, to be the best that, and to put them in a position to win. And if they play poorly one night and I bag skate them the next morning, I'm not doing anything to help them as a team. I'm not doing anything to help them get better. I'm just making myself feel better. And mm-hmm. I thought that was really telling. Um, I thought that was a really, I thought that was a really insightful uh, approach to it because, you know, it's, it's so we, we, we look at coaching so often as, uh, as, is it's punitive, right? Like you, we look at, mm-hmm. okay, well, if you don't do this, then when we're going to punish you with this or that. And so we're going to get the best out of you by using fear as a motivator. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't coach that way. He talks to his players. He has, a, he has an open line of communication and he has certain expectations and he listen and he listens uh, to his players. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there are certain things in the locker room right now, uh, that I've, I've, I've talked to about players that like, we won't get into publicly, but there mm-hmm. are certain things that have gone on this year, um, uh, you know, with, with, with certain guys and it has to do with listening to his players and, and locker room chemistry and him valuing chemistry over, um, maybe something a little more something that we would view as a little more important on the outside mm-hmm. um, and, and accountability. And there's, there are certain standards that they have set uh, under Bedner that they're trying to live up to. Um, and I think, I think they're in a lot of ways they've gotten there. I think we've seen a lot of reflections of him. I think tonight's game is a decent reflection of, uh, having a guy like Bedner as your coach and and the team kind of taking on that personality at times where you go out in the first period and you just get caved in like there's and then the second period you push back hard you just get to work we talked about it last mm-hmm. segment they had a choice to make they can either get back to work or they could feel sorry for themselves and collapse into themselves like a dying star and they didn't do that they got back to work and they just started grinding away and they produced a, a respectable second period. You'd like to see him score, of course, but <laughs> I think that's, that's the good in Bentner is that I think he communicates well. I think there are expectations there. Uh, I think that systems wise, he's fine for the most part. I still don't love the offense and how they drive it. I think it's too dependent on, cycling down low and i think it's too dependent on um moving pucks to the to the point and trying to get pucks driven through traffic Mm -hmm. and when it works man they score four five six goals you know when it's when it actually like rolls on through and they're getting all those bounces but when they don't we're seeing it like tonight you know they're they're trying to make the extra the the extra pass whatever instead of Mm -hmm. in instead of um, just shooting the puck. And I think that he would like to continue to simplify it and get them as more of a, uh, 
just shoot the puck, just shoot the puck, just shoot the puck type of team. But it's still too reliant on defense. And so I think the offensive systems uh, are are a little on the weaker side right now. Um, I think the PK is broken. It doesn't matter what defenseman plays on the PK in this current system. Uh, it's it's not about big defensive guys doing anything other than standing there and taking up space and trying to block shots. That's that's really all it is. And when it works, it looks really good. But it doesn't work consistently, and it's just not it's just not very good in my opinion. Um, I like Bedner's uh, usage and lineup construction the majority of the time. Uh, there are minor gripes, obviously, like the AJ Greer Gabe Bork thing is like would be like a gripe that you would mm-hmm. have um, that that you could you could we could certainly have a really interesting conversation about. And I think postseason right. we'll probably get into a lot more of that when I'm comfortable talking about some of these things. Um, so then, then let me ask you this, um, and obviously we'll we'll have to revisit this, you know, like you said in the summer, if the abs. <sighs> Whether the abs get it or not, what's your pulse right now on on Jared Bednar returning? I think Next. that I mean he's got them in a lead with four games to go. Even if they choke this away, he got them back there, right? Mm-hmm. Like he got them to the verge of it. And even then, it would still take Arizona doing something great to get in, mm-hmm. uh, or or you know Minnesota or Chicago or Edmonton, whoever it ends up being. Um, I think if Chicago loses tonight, I think they're out. I do too, but and they're down three to one right now. But I'm just saying, as of right now, in the world that we're currently existing in, mm-hmm. um, I just for me, man, I just I just think that unless like if Bruce Boudreaux is out in Minnesota, I'd be extremely tempted by that. Um, really, I would be. Yeah, I mean, go look at his coaching record, man. If if Nashville listen, if Nashville loses in the first round and Peter Laviolette is is out, like I'm like no offense, Bedsy, but bye, girl, bye. I'm moving mm-hmm. heaven and earth to get Peter Laviolette. Like, and that's entirely speculative on my part to 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 even right. put his name out there. That's not anything I've heard. That's not anything like that. I'm just saying, um, there's a huge, huge, huge floor underneath Jared Bednar in terms of quality of NHL coaches where the abs can absolutely do a whole lot worse, a whole lot worse. And I would say to the people who think he's the worst coach ever, try sitting through what I sat through with Doug Waite coaching the Isles last year and look where the Isles are today. And that's not an accident. Like they lost their best player and got better. Coaches can make a difference if they're that good. Now, obviously Barry Trotz is also one of the very best coaches in the NHL. And he's one of those guys that if you have an opportunity, you go and you get that dude. I don't care who your coach is, unless you have one of those other ones, but you go and you get that dude. Um, the abs absolutely should be gauging Joel Quimble's uh, interest in the off season. Just to, just to see, you know, Hey, how, how interested would it, would you be? And this isn't, this isn't to, this isn't anything against Bednar. It's just that if there is, if there is somebody out there, it's the same thing with players, right? The abs are going to go hard after our Timmy Panarin in free agency. It's nothing against Matt Nieto. It's nothing against Gabe Landeskog. Gabe Landeskog would become like your second line guy if that were to happen. It's nothing mm-hmm. against Landeskog. It's just the fact that there's somebody out there who's who's better and proven to be better that's available and, and that could help you get over the hump. The goal is to win a Stanley Cup, not make friends. 
And to me, I think what you said there that's the most important is the word proven. I, I'm a I'm a big fan of Jared Bednar's. I think I, I think he's going to be a really good coach in this league, and I think he's probably going to be around for a while. I definitely don't think this is his last job, regardless of if he's here for another year, two years, or four years. I don't think this is his last job in the NHL at all. Yeah, me either. But at the same time, I think he's still a third-year coach, and I think maybe this team starting next year, especially depending on – how the off season goes, your team might've outgrown that. Does that make sense? You know, you, you might not be able to be in this learning curve anymore. The coach, you need someone mm-hmm. who's proven. If that's where you're going to go out and do in free agency with your players, to your point, if you've got a chance to get a, you know, one of these proven experienced coaches who's, who's shown they can get you over the hump, then maybe that's what you do. Let's go ahead and take uh, our last break here. When we come back, we will discuss just how things turned out in St. Louis for the Colorado Avalanche. AJ Hayfleet, Jesse Montano, BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. We will be right back. Hey, BSN fans, your favorite Colorado sports network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer, and we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to bsnbars.com and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bartender the VIP image on that page in your browser and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars. There are over 20 bars there. You're sure to find one close to you. It's bsnbars.com. Find a bar and get a free Coors Banquet on the house. Thanks for listening to the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Third and final segment here, BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Also, want to remind you guys about that really exciting coffee that is changing the game. Strava Craft Coffee is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives, and the reviews are incredible, so make sure you check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pains, arthritis, IBS. It has even helped decrease anxiety. CBD is all natural and it's non-psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty. We could not recommend it more to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2019 at checkout. Get it shipped straight to your door. Avs fall to the St. Louis Blues 3-2 in the shootout. And AJ, as horribly as that first period went, man, it's tough to complain about getting out of there with a point. Yeah. I mean... Come on. How 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 that game went, I mean, final two minutes, you're down by one, you score with under a minute to go, and you sneak a point out of there. Mm-hmm. It's it's the same way that Arizona felt two nights ago. Right. Like, you really wanted that second point in that situation, but you salvaged one. You stayed alive for another day. Uh, you know, you're, you're still alive here. You're still – I mean, they're still in the driver's seat. Yeah. No, absolutely. So you you give yourself a two-point cushion over the uh, Arizona Coyotes with three games to go. The Coyotes play the LA Kings tomorrow. So the Avs have a uh, a tall task ahead with the Edmonton Oilers, who, uh, unlike what the NBC broadcast said, are not sitting in Denver and waiting. They are actually still in the first period of their game against the (laughs) Vegas Golden Knights. 
so they probably were sitting around watching the abs, but that was in the locker room before their game started. Um, AJ, again, we talked about how unacceptable it was that this team came out that flat uh, in that first period. What does it say about the team that they were able to go into that locker room? And, I mean, honestly, they completely switched this game around. Shots were 15-2 to two at the end of the first period, end up 27-26. Um, what does it say about the team that they were able to, to turn it around that quickly uh, coming out of the first period? Um, I mean, we talked about it, right? Like... Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you, if you come back and you're competitive, I mean, they pulled a point, that's Mm -hmm. fine. Um, they, they, I mean, we would have been fine. I like, we would have been, we would have been like, Hey, they, they really lost that game in the first period and uh, blah, 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 whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, had they, had they lost that game in regulation, they pulled a point and now everybody's mad that Andrew Ghetto was there in the shootout. I don't have an issue with Andrew Ghetto. He's a really good shootout, uh, guy. We see it in world championships every year. Yeah. Um, and, and he was the only of the three guys that had that shot. He was the one that, that actually had Bennington beat the puck just bounced on him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, really like you chalk it up to heart, soul, Landis is dope. Bednar has a, has a slow pulse and the, the team just kept working. We talked about it. Like mm-hmm. we, we talked about how this exact situation would play out in that it was, um, you know, it's a, a reflection of Bender that they just they just keep working. Yeah. They just get back to work and what's done is done and they just move on. Well, and it's the whole even keel thing too. You know, when you see calls and, and goals and, and, and goal reviews go against them, what's the one thing? And it drives a lot of people nuts for some reason. Uh, but Jared Bednar just refuses to be shaken by any of that. And I think that was another thing we saw today. And it rubs off on the team, obviously. Uh, AJ, Nikita Zadorov, three-on-three All-Star? Uh, I mean, he was really good, man. Yeah, uh, the big guy was getting involved offensively uh, and, and made a few big plays defensively uh, in that three-on-three. Was was earlier in the year, was that just an anomaly? The 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 eleven straight three on three losses or something like that. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, like if you go back and you watch it, like go back and find how they were the, go back and like look at all the different ways that they were finding to lose those games. Mm-hmm. You know, a stupid. It was like a stupid change. I think they've lost like four or five of these overtime games on the PK. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had the one in St. Louis that I I had to watch happen right in front of me, where O'Reilly scored the shorthanded breakaway goal. So, you know, like they they had they lost one of them in overtime on a Jonathan Taves high stick that should have been called. Like they they have lost games in overtime this year in basically every way imaginable. Mm-hmm. And I think I think it started to chill out now. Well, we look at the the league standings, the conference standings, the wild card. We look at everything, and there is one thing that's true. For the next 48 hours, 36 hours, 
Everyone listening to this is the biggest LA Kings fan in North America. Well, and they got off to a one nothing. They got off to a one nothing lead, and then they scored on twice. Right? Hey, after. you know what? If if we can, it was like, damn it, Kings. If we can stop being the Kings. If we can pick a game for them to win, I'd rather it be tomorrow. Um, but yeah. So LA Kings watches on. It was it was Wings and Kings before. We're down to just Kings. We just need the Kings to pull it together for a couple of days here and. Uh, it could put the abs in a really good spot playoff wise, depending on how they uh, handle the Oilers tomorrow. And the Kings also have the ability to bury the Ottawa senators permanently in 31st place. As my allergies are causing me to causing me to cough every five seconds. AJ three games to play. What are you thinking? Just win baby. That's simple, man. You just gotta, you just gotta find ways to 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 keep piling up points, keep making life miserable for Arizona. What's great is, regardless of what Arizona does, regardless of what LA does, you know, in all seriousness, the Abs fully control this. The Abs fully control what happens to them. They've given themselves a cushion. Yes, that one extra point would have been nice, would have put you three ahead, but you're still two ahead, and. uh well, and, and really, like, what sucks is that we're talking about these extra points, like, too often. Mm. You know, they gave up the extra point in Chicago. They gave up the extra point against Arizona. They left the extra point out there against St. Louis tonight. You know, that's three extra points where, had they all gone in Colorado's favor, take the one away from Arizona, uh, add add the extra two to Colorado. Colorado's one point behind Dallas, and Arizona's not even in this conversation mm-hmm. anymore. Like that's that's the razor thin margin. That's why we talk about these extra points. You know, like there's a guy on Twitter right now who's like, "Why are you dwelling on the you know the two points they left out there? Because right. they matter. Those two points that are sitting out there that they've left on the on the ice against uh, Chicago and St. Louis. And like, granted, that <laughs> that means they would have gone eight zero and zero. And like, come on, right? right. But it you know when you when you when you lose in overtime. You know, you lose in a shootout. It, it you, it's a razor thin margin there. Now those could have gone, you know, maybe talking this could have gone a different way. They could have gotten zero points tonight. So, but they picked up the one. Look, they just have to keep picking up points. And you know, they've got a two point lead. Arizona only has six points left on the board. Colorado only has six points left on the board. Arizona gets the Kings tomorrow. The Avs get the Oilers tomorrow. If both teams hold serve, then you know. We're headed. We're headed to another photo finish at the end here. Well, and so let's let's break down these these schedules here, and then we'll get out of here for the day. Because I'm sure you guys are sick of hearing us talk schedules and standings and all that. Uh, Coyotes get the Kings tomorrow at home. Abs get the Oilers at home, uh, and then after that, if I remember correctly, I think they actually just alternate opponents here. Is that correct? Not quite. Uh, Arizona has to oh, go to Vegas, Vegas on okay, Thursday. Yeah, and then they get Winnipeg at home on Saturday, whereas the Avs obviously get Winnipeg at home on Thursday, and then they have to go to San Jose. So the Winnipeg game, you have to win tomorrow. Beat you have to beat the Oilers tomorrow because they're gonna Arizona's going to beat mm-hmm. the Kings. Yeah, yeah. So you've you've got to stay you've got to stay two ahead. You have to win tomorrow. You've got to get over this weird thing with the Oilers. 
Yeah, I mean, you have to win tomorrow. There's no, I mean, yeah. they're the Oilers. Like, that's not a good hockey team, and you mm-hmm. have to beat them. They've got a negative 37 goal differential going into the game tonight, and they, the Colorado eliminated them from the postseason tonight. They will be officially playing for nothing moving forward. Like, you have to beat them. Right. There's no, there's no, oh, well, they got a point, you know? And, hey, if they get a point tomorrow, then, yeah, it could have been worse. But you have to get, you have to win tomorrow. Like, you've got to win tomorrow. Yeah. And, and, and it sets you up for Thursday night. You could potentially be clinching a playoff spot at home in front of your home crowd. Boy, would that be huge, man. Against a, against a division rival. And, you know, we've talked a lot this year um, about about how the Avs have underperformed a little bit at Pepsi Center. Well, they've been really, really good there lately. So they've got two games this week, you know, they, they against opponents that they have beaten and, and opponents that they should beat. You know, the Oilers, they should beat. And then Winnipeg, they've had a, just enough success against this year where you feel like, hey, they can do this. Right. So and but the thing, uh, the other thing, like Winnipeg's still going to be playing for something themselves. You know, they're still well, playing for for first place in the central. They're they're playing for getting the you know the the privilege of playing Dallas and well, not well, well, St. Louis. That. They're playing for home ice. Yeah, right. Like they're yeah, absolutely, man. Like they're in a three way tie as of right now. They're going to beat Chicago, so they'll jump back up to the top. But. They're playing for they're playing for their for a very important distinction of their own. Like getting first place out in the central, you know, gives them home ice for yeah. two rounds. Yeah, you know, so that's that's totally. huge. No, it's it's we're coming right down to it. Um, we hoped we wouldn't. We had a feeling we might, and that's the situation where they're in. Abs pick up a point tonight, and tomorrow is just a whole. It's it's just another sweaty palm, nervous uh, three hours that we get yeah. to sign up for. But that's the best part about sports. Uh, AJ, any last thing to add before we're out of here for the day? Uh, I mean, have we looked at Ottawa? Uh, yeah, we. I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't so we said we if LA wins tonight, that officially locks Ottawa into the 31st spot as they did lose their game to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. So the second the LA Kings can pick up in any LA Kings win between now and the end of the season, officially yeah. locks in a top four draft pick for the Avalanche. Well, and, and really uh, they secured top five tonight. So that pick, no matter what, happens Colorado will have a top five pick from the Matthew Shane trade no matter what happens from here on out um and then two points from the Kings they don't even have to win games you can lose well, all the time for all well maybe tomorrow so um, wouldn't that be so you know what the LA Kings can lose tonight if they can win tomorrow against Arizona that'd be like amazing that would be like perfect Colorado could beat the Oilers and then Arizona could uh, lose in regulation to the Kings and then Colorado's clinching a top four pick and the playoffs. That wouldn't clinch for them tomorrow, would it? Right. No, but I mean, yeah. Well, AJ, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves uh, as we had to sweat this one out and they didn't quite come out on top, but that's all right. You pick up a point, you help yourself in the standings. Uh, 
any way you can. Tomorrow night at Pepsi Center, if you're going to be there, we always tell you guys, make sure you're loud and making noise. We cannot stress enough how many times the players have told us, yeah, when the building's rocking, it makes such a huge difference. Um, So if you're going to be there, make some noise because uh, we don't like talking about losing. We want to keep talking about winning, and we want to be able to talk about the playoffs again. So get there, make some noise, have some fun. And uh, stay locked into bsndenver.com for all the latest. Make sure to uh, check out the new store. We've uh, added some new Rocky shirts just in time for opening day on Friday here at Coors Field. Um, uh, I am not. This will be the first year uh, in the last few that I will not. And I haven't been to the game. I've just gone, you know, downtown the last couple of years. Oh. That's too bad, man. We're having a big party oh, at Ice yeah. House Yeah, I unfortunately won't be able to be there, but all of you should be there. Anybody who and, – and honestly, look, if, if you've ever been to Denver and you know the vibe around Coors Field, you don't even have to be a baseball fan. You don't even have to be – you don't have to have any rooting interest in the game. Opening day and, and Rockies games are an absolute blast. So make sure to get down to Ice House Tavern if you are going to uh, – be in the mood for festivities on Friday for the Rockies and uh, hang out with some of the BSN crew. For Adrian Dater and AJ Hayfleet, I'm Jesse Montano. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Talk to you guys later.